0: Alright, welcome, welcome everybody. Let's see, good. Oh, well, for, for one time. Alright, so we're going to be getting started here for the day. Let me talking about the love of Jesus Christ. And so, when you're going through life, right, you have to decide uh, what you want to build upon, right? Christ says, when you build your house upon the rock, right, it'll survive the storm. And when you don't build your house upon the rock, right, it will not be able to survive the storm. And so understanding this is important, right? What well, Christians we build our lives upon, yes, it's the Bible, but the leader, the head, the chief of the Bible is Christ, right? So, if you imagine, right, many a man arguing in a room and the leader, i.e. Christ Jesus, says, actually, guys, it's this way, right? Uh, You follow Christ Jesus, right? That's what it means to be Christian. If you're Christian, you're of Christ. If you're not Christian, you're not of Christ, right? So, you will find churches teaching other doctrine uh, besides Christ Jesus. Uh, Lo and behold, those are not Christians, right? Christ Christ." Christian, right, Christian, right, so make sure to build your life upon the wisdom of Christ, first and foremost, right, uh, he presents divine doctrine, right, and that divine doctrine will lead to that connection with God, right, when we're worshiping, uh, I'm translating Matthew 6, 1 from these extremely ancient Greek scrolls, and I am loving it. And hating it at the same time right it's extremely boring work uh but it's it's so fascinating i'm extremely passionate about it i love it i go super slow with it uh but it is right it's very very uh requires a lot of discipline to sit for eight hours uh translating ancient greek into modern english right and uh going through all those different bible versions is it's very cool i, I love it right i'm well, I love God, right? So when I'm working for God, you know, I know I know there's purpose. I know there's love out there. I know that uh, my work will be uh, used. It will benefit the generations. It's important work, right? And so when you're choosing, right, something that you want to do in life, passion, something you're passionate about, right? I love God, therefore I'm passionate about about God. I'm passionate about my preaching, right? And so when I'm translating the words of Christ, you know, I go very slow. So this is going to be the Beatudes. Niv it is Matthew uh, 4, no, Matthew 5, 3. Just the red letters. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth and uh right if you wonder if you guys are wondering who's got the most accurate uh version of the Bible out there, it's me <laughs> uh I take about an hour to three hours of verse, right so what do I mean by a verse? well here's Matthew chapter five, right so I mean per verse i e matthew five one I take an hour with an hour to three hours, sometimes longer if it's very uh rich in theology, something like that, where you have to really think uh, and align the theologies that are presented in the Bible, right? Interestingly enough, uh, when Christ references the law, he's talking about the Torah or, well, okay. Well, you can call it what you like, but it's the first five books of the Bible, right? Uh, Jewish, the Jewish religion often calls it the Torah, right? And uh, real fascinating, when you read, Christ says that not one jot, not one letter, not even the smallest brushstroke will be will be removed from the law, and w- the word he uses, it's pretty much, uh, it's it's. There's much debate if it's used to uh, reference the first five books of the Bible, the but the Torah, right? The first five books of the Bible, they 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 have ancient copies all over the place. They're the oldest. Uh, Scrolls practically in existence, right? Like 3,000 years old, you know? Very, very cool. And what's so awesome is these ancient scrolls, right, are preserved, some of them, practically perfectly. And so uh, the New Testament, right, uh, sometimes you'll find uh, missing books or torn up scrolls, things like that. But for the most part, right, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, what's that? Penta, Penta, whatever, Pentateuch, I don't know. But um, the first five books of the Bible are completely preserved. I mean, not one jot has been lost from these things. So lo and behold, Christ Jesus speaking, you know, 2,400 years ago, he was, he was right then and he's still right now. And so when you have the divine wisdom, when you have that divine inspiration of Christ Jesus working with you right it's awesome, right? Uh, him l- listening to Christ speak 2,400 years ago and then having it be accurate today still, it's very, very cool, right? It really uh, reaffirms that building your house on a rock, right? Hey, God set these ways in at the foundation of all existence, right? They ain't changing. They're not going anywhere. Better pick them up, right? And, uh, you know, I will... I will uh, say that um, sometimes, right, you wonder how much time, right, well, how much time should I be thinking about God and how much time should I be actually doing, practicing my religion, and I think that a lot of people, they really lean more towards uh, thinking about God and uh, studying, right, their Bibles, maybe too much in some cases, right? The religion, right, it's meant to be read, understood, and then practiced, right? We're practicing our faith in the world so that we can be blessing, so that we can actually help existence, help mankind, help other people, right? So understanding that's important when you're working out uh, sort of like a time management schedule for yourself in your life, right? It's not, you know, maybe if you want to be a preacher or something like that, right? There'll be a lot of reading the Bible, but really, right, it comes down to that preaching, right, that will uh, determine whether or not you're successful at preaching. You can read the Bible 12 hours a day, but if you don't preach, right, you won't be successful at preaching, right? And so understanding, right, these masteries, these uh, skills, these passions that God has placed within us to develop, right, do you see a man skilled in his work, He'll serve amongst officials of high rank. He'll serve amongst kings, right? Something like that. Uh, he will not serve amongst, amongst officials of low rank, right? And so make sure in your life to pick something that, is, that you are passionate about, right? Christ became a masterful preacher, the greatest preacher of all time, arguably, right? Christ has got about 40 per, 40% upwards, 40, 50% of the world's population, 4 billion people, that's a pretty good preacher, right? Uh, I'm not anywhere near there yet, you know, I'm still a very amateur preacher, I've been preaching about maybe 3 to 5 years now, something like that, and uh, still still working on it, right? I do a lot of other things, so my focus, right, that pinpoint has in my life hasn't been placed on preaching yet, so I haven't really developed... That excellence that God is talking about, that mastery, that perseverance, that uh, commitment, that seek first, right? Seek first, seek, seek onely the kingdom of heaven, right? Onely uh, is another translation. Serve God onely, right? So there are... Uh, <clears throat> Well, the Bible, it's a road book, right? It's a map to, to how to estab- how to establish a masterful cycle, uh, a masterful life, right. And when you break the cipher right, when you break, spend the time to break the parables, there's a lot of uh, benefit to your life, right? But just reading the parables, right? It's not practicing the parables. Practicing the parables, right? I read, I understand, now I put it into practice that is christianity without without any of those three three right you can't really become christian i mean i guess you could be accurately taught it and then put it put into practice but pretty much it's a three-step process right you have to read it understand it do it but with the emphasis being placed on practicing our christianity right uh ah it's it's so cool uh reading the ancient Greek and sorting out these nuances, what I'm realizing is that, man, these Bible scholars, some of these verses in the ancient scrolls will be missing 10 10 words in the original Greek format, 10 words out of the original Greek format. And when it's translated into English, they drop about 10 words sometimes. Uh, Sometimes, right, there'll be fully omitted content. I found uh, one verse in Ephesians, right? Where Paul is talking about whether you're slave or free, right? If you if you practice your deeds, you'll be sealed for the day of redemption, and it's so cool. uh, Well, when you find the verses like that, and they just have a little more content that's been omitted, right? And why it's been omitted? Sometimes the verses are very difficult to translate, right? There's a lot of these little if it when not words going on, and people, you know, your mind's like. Man, I got no clue what this guy's saying. But it, if you take a little more time with it, right, that's what Einstein says. He says, you know, I wouldn't say I'm too much smarter or better at mathematics than other people. I just stick with my problems a little bit longer, right? And so they, you stick with the problems, you stick with the translation just a little bit longer, and you'll be able to produce excellence, right? Keep going. Keep at it, right? And uh, it... it we're about to read the parable of salt and light, right? That is faith, right? Have that faith in your core, and that core, you have to be able to hold on to it, right? You can imagine, right, if God wants people to, if people, if mankind, if a person, right, you you, you hire a subject, right? And this subject, he's corruptible, right? Uh, Joe Smo off the street walks up to him and says, hey, I'll pay you more than this guy if you come over here and serve me, right? Is that the kind of servant you want? Absolutely not. What do you do with that servant? You fire him. He's corruptible, right? And so having that incorruptible core, not perfect, but, but loyalty with some substance, right? To God, loyalty to God. Right? I won't switch sides, not for all the kingdoms of all the earth. I don't care what you got to offer me. I serve the Lord God of Israel. I serve God and God alone. Thank you. Right. Okay, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Um, let's see. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown... Mercy, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Yeah, that's that's true, right? If your heart is pure, right, you can get, and this is another uh, aspect of Christianity, right? A big part of Christianity, much larger than most people preach on or like to speak about, is keeping your heart, your inner being pure, right? You have to choose what you want in your life, and when you realize that, when you start Looking with your mind's eye towards things that are sinful, it's going to lead you towards those sinful places. It can lead you to corruption, right? If a man lusts for a woman in his mind, he's already committed adultery. Why is this? Because the fantasy will be will keep growing. It'll keep being watered by your mind's eye, your desire, until right you go you go and commit it, right? And so, keeping these uh, thoughts, these fields of our dreams, right? Our thoughts, our desires, the fields of our dreams. Uh pure, clean, righteous for the Lord God of Israel, right? Diocassine, which is Greek for righteous or righteousness. Keeping them uh pure for God is is the road to heaven, right? If you're pure, that is where God will come in. He will exist, he will dwell with you, right? When you start to sin, right, God starts to take a few steps back. He says, hey, that's outside my covenant. If you want that, you've got to go sit over there. And there's only two tables, right, presented in biblical theology. There's only two tables, right? So you've got to sit at a table. And it's only the table of the Lord or the table of the devil. There's no other tables, right? And so when you're choosing where to apply your thoughts, your desires your time, right, in life. You have to choose who you're going to serve. Will you be the pure in heart who will see God, right, who will pursue God with their lives, who will receive that holy anointing, the blessings, the exaltation of the prophets, or will you be something quite different, right? So you've got to choose. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called... Children of God, they'll be called the sons of God. Children of God is also accurate, but sons of God is. uh, There's a lot of uh, references to the sons of God uh, throughout the Bible. So understanding uh, it is, it is sons and daughters, but it's referenced as sons. Uh, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of their righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil things rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who are, who, are, who were before you right interesting thing about the prophets that you see throughout the bible is each and every single prophet has a message they have a word or a verse that is completely opposite To what most people are saying at the time. Christ Jesus comes on the scene with this new doctrine, right? You've heard the way, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, love your enemies, right? People are like, What? What are you talking about? I've never heard this before, right? And understanding that, right, the prophet Joshua or the prophet Gideon, right? The world was going straight this way, right? And God says, Hey. That's not the right way. You're headed towards hellfire and damnation. And because you're taking my flock with you, because you're forcing my flock, you're imposing your free will on the flock, on my wheat, right? Uh, I'm going to send the judges. I'm going to send Gideon and Joshua. They're going to take it back my way. And so understanding that it, it, it ends up going God's way one way or another, right? It's just how much you want to suffer. It's just how much pain and sin you want to endure Prior to going God's way, uh, the faster you can learn that, the better in your life, right? Some people take forty years. Some people take their whole lives learning that, only to realize at the end of their life, huh? They didn't do it God's way. Uh, regret will be a sign of be a sign of that. Regret is the product of sin, right? We have regrets in our life uh, because we didn't obey God, right? Serve the Lord in your light. You'll have life and life in abundance. You'll have joy and joy to the full. You won't have those regrets, right? You'll have your dreams. You'll have an incredible life. Right, and so this is why the prophets are persecuted, uh, even to death sometimes. Uh, in the case of Christ, in the case of Isaiah, right? Uh, they are opposite. The prophets, they're Opposite to mankind, right? Maybe not fully opposite, right? In in actuality, uh, it's more like divine mankind evil, right? And so mankind sort of exists in between being pulled up or down, right? Mankind can choose to serve the Lord God of Israel and inherit immortality, the kingdom of heaven, the everlasting life. Or they can choose to serve themselves, right? Out of the dust you were formed into the dust you shall return. That's the curse in Genesis, right? And Or they can also serve the devil. And it is suggested, right, Gehenna, the valley of Gehenna, hellfire and damnation, um, eternal fire. There the worms eat them. The fires that burn their flesh is not quenched. All right, so uh, salt and light. This is Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. This is such an interesting verse because it actually refutes repentance, right? Globally, there's a theology of repentance uh, touted, displayed, but let's read this. You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Wait a minute, Jesus. The modern church tells me that I can just say, hey, I I had an affair with my wife. I killed someone. Now I just have to repent. Wait a minute. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Right? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Right? It cannot be certain sins, right? Extreme sins, heinous murder, Adultery is not one of them, right? Christ shows that he forgives the adulteress, but, right, that doesn't mean he will forgive the adulterate. It doesn't mean I can go and have an affair and say, yes, God, I'm forgiven. No, that's nonsense. God is sovereign. He chooses to forgive sin or not to forgive sin, right? That's accurate biblical theology. Uh, If you want those verses, right, well, here's one of them right here. Right. Oh Well, why is all sin forgiven? How is all sin forgiven? You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. Uh, right. Uh, the verses for uh, John 15 suggests uh, not all sins forgiven. Acts 2, 3, 8. That's another one for... for not all sins were given right there after the, the death of Christ. Um, the, the, uh, the apostle, oh shoot, who is it? It's Peter or Paul. I think it's Peter. Peter is saying, uh, let me pull it up. I've read this one before. You know what? I can just pull it up right here. Acts 3.8. Acts three. Thirty-eight. Oh, X three. Oh, I see. Okay. X three. No, it's X two thirty-eight. Sorry. Give me one second. Here it is. Acts two thirty-eight. Okay, so this is after the death of Christ, right? And here is Peter saying uh, Acts two three Acts two thirty-eight. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For for the forgiveness of your sins. Wait a minute. So modern Christian theology is that all sins forgiven. Hold on, wait a minute. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Oh, oh, jeez. So the Bible, right, teaches it's it's very different from what modern uh, Neo, right? We'll call it Neo-Christianity. Uh, Neo-Christianity is opposite. To the bible right repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins right one baptism right parable salt and light can i just repent can i just repent and have my sin be forgiven you're the salt of the earth how can it be made salty again if it loses its saltiness except it's good for nothing except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot so there goes repentance theology that's out uh how about all sins forgiven theology well that's out right and so Neo-Christianity is opposite to the Bible. It is, uh, they don't know it, but they're Satanists. Uh, When you start saying things like, all sins forgiven, do whatever you want, that's opposite to religion, right? It's opposite to what Christ taught. Um, You know, you're to love them, you're to show them the verses, you're to teach them, but in the end, right, if you're pointing people down the road saying, do whatever you want, right, all sins forgiven, Uh, And what you'll find is that uh, I know in my life, right, I've met people who are saying, they say, right, they say, oh, yeah, I'm Christian, but they keep walking down that road thinking, oh, all my sins forgiven. So they keep on sinning. Right. And so when you break it down, I'm going to keep on sinning. I don't care because all my, you know, God's forgiven all my sin. Right. It's opposite to Christ. Christ says, if your right hand causes you to sin cut it off, and throw it away, right? And so, right, why don't you see accurate Christianity taught in churches? Most churches, right, they're going to be selling you a message that's better than truth, i.e., right, what is it if it's better than truth? It's a lie. Who lies? Who has two tongues, right? One for telling the truth, one for telling lies. Well, it's not the way, the truth, and the life, Christ Jesus. So who is it, right? Like I'm saying, there's two tables, it's the devil right and so when you break it down uh, they don't really know it but the, I don't i don't really think they care much either right they're sort of a financial mega churches um, making that money right selling they sell they trade, they trade the souls of our sons our daughters our brothers our sisters they trade the souls of our families right our christian families our communities for money and finance If you do that one time, if you do that one time in your life, you will be damned, I guarantee you. There is no repentance. You can cry to the Lord as long as you want, but God will not forgive you. When you are willing to trade someone's soul, right, for finance, you've stepped into the realms of hellfire and damnation. You've sat down and started dealing, working with uh, the demonic, right? So that is opposite to Christ, right? We love the red letters, right? Oh, no, I I can't do everything in my life. I can't go and become Vladimir Putin and start genociding half the world. Shoot. Oh, man. Good thing. I don't want that. I don't want that in my head. I think Vladimir Putin's pure evil, right? I think Vladimir Putin is going to get what he deserves, right? I love my family. I love other people. I don't want to hurt other people. I want to build them up. I want to teach them the way, the truth, and the life, right? That's love. I love them. I want to build them. I want to help them. I don't want to trade them. I don't want to take advantage of them. I want to be their friend. I want to be a blessing upon them. That's Christianity. That's modern Christianity. That's truthful Christianity, right? It may not be modern Christianity, but it's truthful Christianity. And it's not as good as, as the mega churches say, right? The mega churches teach something opposite, opposite, right? So when you go to those churches, right, and I've been to churches like that, they look glamorous, man. They look awesome. They look incredible. But when you pull up the news, right, and you see church shootings, and you see uh, people who were members of churches shooting people and killing people, or when you see uh, the damaged, the damaged sh- sheep who believed what they taught, right, that is their fruit, and they will be force-fed it. At the end of their days right uh <sighs> right loving each other loving your brother loving your sister that's about the co- that's the covenant right i'm going to teach you the right way to walk i'm going to teach you to to have to lead that happy life i'm going to teach you how to have a life that rocks right hey i'm christian because i'm christian because i've kept my saltiness My life, let me tell you, it rocks. I have life and life in abundance. I have joy and joy to the full. I know my purpose. I know where I'm from. I know my purpose and I know where I'm going, right? And so make sure to read the red letters, right? The red letters contain it all, right? And the red letters you can use to refute False doctrine after false doctrine, no problem, right? That's who Christ Jesus is, right? He points the way to life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Light. I got to look it up. I think it's, I think it's light. Ah, I have to look it up. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, uh, right, Christ is the way. He's the way to live your life, to reach that incredible life of your dreams. I am the truth. Christ ain't going to lie to you. He loves you, right? He's your best buddy. Right? He's your best friend. He loves you. Give Jesus Christ a high five, right? He says, I'll, I'll lay down my life for you because I love you so much. I'm the good shepherd. That's Christ Jesus, right? You can trust Christ. You can place your life in Christ's hands. He's not going to lead you astray, no matter what, right? The devil offered Christ the entire world to lead you astray. Christ said, no way, no thanks. I want to lead these people to my father's life, right? Life, i.e. life and immortality, right? So let's keep going. You're the light of the world, A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds glorify your Father in heaven. Right, and so christ right when you start working with god right he's going to start building something in your life he's going to start building you to the point of exaltation at which right i.e you start here you will become the light of the world a city atop a mountain cannot be hidden right you start here you start moving towards that point of exaltation that point where god picks you up he picks you up he picks the ashes that you brought him whatever you brought him i.e. wherever you are now, God is offering you exaltation. If you'll bring your 100% to the Lord God of Israel, it doesn't matter who you are. You could be the least of us. You could be the dumbest person on the planet, right? God, God will get you there. That's the power of God, right? Funny enough, when God starts working with you, all the limitations, all the I can'ts, all the they said I couldn't do it, they fade away, and all that remains is the victory of God when he brings you to that point that other people told you, hey, you were never going to make it. It was impossible. But with God, all things are possible, right? So understanding that this is what God is talking about. This is what God is offering. It is not uh, a small, uh, right, mediocre exaltation. It's an exaltation that you will love, but you got to bring God your 100%. Not, oh, I decided to follow half the Bible. Not, oh, I couldn't do it, right? But it's not perfection either, right? I couldn't do it one week. That's fine, right? You messed up. You made a mistake. We're human. We're all broken. We're all struggling. We're all battling against our own human natures, right? Sing to the victory over mankind's nature, right? The corruption in man, well, it's just that. In a room of a thousand men. There'll be one good one. And so we are those one good ones, right? We are that uh, single light, a light unto the nations. We are the lights unto the world. We are the lights unto existence, right? And so uh, God will start working with you here at point A, where you bring your 100% to God and won't surrender it back. And that point A, B is that point of exaltation at which God will reach down into your life and bring you up and place you atop a table, place you in a a position of exaltation at which you will be a light unto the world, a light unto existence, right? In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds, right? So this one's kind of, uh, it's very, very useful, right? And so... It's sort of a, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world sort of thing, right? Where you're shining, right? And keeping your life happy. I.E., you're putting on a smile sometimes. You're making sure that you're, you're remaining in that light. Hey, my friends want to talk about something depressing, horrible. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about what's good. I want to talk about what's positive. I want to talk about what's beneficial. I want to talk about how we're going to get this done. Not about whose fault it is, right? Uh, Task-oriented. Task-orientation. Remaining positive. Uh, Even when the situation may seem hopeless, right? God is the God of impossible. If God says, hey, it may look impossible, it may look hopeless right now, but don't worry. I'm going to take that hopelessness and turn it into hope, right? Uh, That's what's going to happen in your life, right? Right? King David might have stepped out on that field looking down that nine-foot-tall spear of Goliath, right? And thought he was going to get creamed. But lo and behold, he had the faith to walk out onto that field and face down that giant with his weaver's rod. And lo and behold, right, God comes out victorious. If you want to read through the entire Bible, there's a common theme. It is God comes out victorious time and time again, right? And so understanding that uh, love is not teaching people whatever you like to teach them. That's not love. Love is not teaching people uh, lies or telling them all uh, sort of two-tongued doctrines, like deceitful doctrines. All Christians go to heaven, right? I.e., if you're true Christian, you go to heaven and, and you leave half of your followers thinking I'm Christian. I'm going to heaven when they're not practicing the religion. Right. It's a kind of cruel teaching. Right. All true Christians go to heaven. Yeah. But if you're not following the covenant. Right. If you're not doing what the Bible says, unfortunately, you're not Christian. That's John 15. If you remain in me. You will bear much fruit, but if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is withered. It is all these branches will be cut off and burned, right? Uh, If it sounds different than modern, right? If if what I'm saying, you're like, wow, this really sounds a lot different from that all everything I've ever heard in my churches. It's because the churches, right? They have an extreme incentive, an extreme bias, right? What happens if they don't preach the act the right dot or okay what happens if they don't preach financially lucrative doctrine what happens to those beautiful mega churches right they go bankrupt they got to sell the building right and so lo and behold right while god is saying hey i'm not so big on those buildings i'm big about the people in the church i'm not so big about your uh your altar right i care more about my children than I do about your altar. I care more about my children than I do about your houses and your car. Mankind might be saying, hey, actually, oh, I really care about my house, you know. I really care about my megachurch. I really care about my material, right. Place place, an X, X is filled in by material, right. <laughs> Any material thing, right. God, he loves us, right. God doesn't say, I'd trade 10 of my kids for that building. No, God would never say that. You are more valuable to God. You are God's treasured possession over all the material in all the earth. He loves you more than that. That's pretty awesome. (sighs) Do not think. Okay, so this one is what do Christians follow, right? When Moses is given uh, given his people, the Israelites, or God's chosen people, Christians, the ancient Israelites, uh, the covenant. Moses says, "We will do everything that the Lord has commanded us." Lo and behold, Christ Jesus quotes Moses while he, when he says, "Go and teach them to obey everything that I have taught them." Right? So, do Christians follow half the Bible? No. Here it is. It is Matthew five seventeen. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law, i.e., the Old Testament or the prophets. I e the rest of the prophets in the Bible, right? So what do Christians follow? We follow the entire Bible, right? Thirteen hundred fifty pages. You don't have to memorize it, but reading it one time is is extremely uh, good to do. The red with an emphasis on the red letters, right? Christ, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the sovereign teacher. He is our leader. I e Right. All the prophets are on the right side of the room. Every member of the Bible is on the right side of the room. They say, no, we do it this way. Christ Jesus says, hey, uh, we do it this way. You side with Christ Jesus over all of them because you're Christian. He's the Messiah, the head of the religion, the chief. Right. The cornerstone. Christ alone cornerstone. Okay, so let's keep going. For truly I tell you, until the heaven and the earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least brush stroke or pen will any, by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Interestingly enough, the word for least is also, it's, it's least in actual physical stature, i.e., short. Right? You will be called short of the kingdom of heaven, i.e., right, uh, the apostle Peter says they twist the scriptures to their own destruction, right? Not they twist the scriptures to their own, least in the kingdom of heaven, right? They twist the scriptures to their own destruction, right? You cannot be selling people's souls and enter into the kingdom of heaven. You cannot be saying, hey, I'll I'll damage your life for finances and enter into the kingdom of heaven. I.E., right, break it down just one step further. I'll damage you to benefit my finances. There is a a fundamental flaw in teaching there. If you're willing to do that, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's not love at all, right? Trading other people is not love. Right? Christians, we are called to a divine level of love a core nature of love where you say i love my brothers and sisters i love other people i'm going to try and benefit them with with a certain amount of my time it's my core i ain't letting go of my core no matter what right and so when that urge to lie comes on hey i can make a hundred thousand dollars if i just smooth this guy can't do it sorry it's not moral it's corrupt so you got to cast it out you got to choose who you serve and in order if you want to get into heaven right you have to serve christ jesus i am the way the truth and the life no man comes to the father but by me what about the prophets no man comes to the father but by me what about joshua no man comes to the father but what about paul no man comes to the father but by Christ Jesus, right? I know I'm overemphasizing it, but uh, the neo the neo Christians they seem to have forgotten who their Lord is. They seem to have forgotten who Christ Jesus is, and they seem to have betraying be tra- be right their covenants, their service, their servitude to the Lord God of Israel. They seem to be trading that right for finances. That is. Uh, at their own cost, right? You can serve finances, but you can't serve two masters, right? You can't sit at the table of the Lord and sit at the table of the devil. So you have to choose, right? Do you love people or do you love money? Do you love having a successful church line with two or three or five, seven, eight, 10 churches? Or do you love people and you want to put into people and bless people, right? Uh, I know this one church... They, they make around 65 million dollars a year and they have about 40 40 missionaries right that's right it would be it would be enough to fund their missionaries with over a million dollars each right so when you when you are looking into the structure of a church it should be uh people oriented not we have a line we have a a line across the United States that's thriving? Well, yes and no, right? There should be a balance, right? But helping people, those benevolent deeds, those charitable deeds, right? Those are required, right? If you believe in me, you will do the works that I have been doing, and indeed, greater things. Ugh. Therefore, anyone who sets aside the least called least or short of the kingdom of heaven but whoever practices and teaches these commands right essentially what i'm saying is it's a mistranslation uh you can't have uh, one person saying this and then the other person saying this that just doesn't make sense these guys they're not arguing with each other they know accurate christian doctrine and they're speaking together right they're not uh combatants in a in a debate team right they are friends they love each other they love the way the truth and the life they love god right and so they're speaking uh in unity they're presenting accurate theology not multiple theologies right not multiple differing theologies it's not uh christianity and uh catholicism arguing in one book no these are author errors why there are uh Debates (laughs) debates <laughs> within the Bible it seems that people are contradicting each other right Christ is saying uh, if you love me you'll do the works and and Paul is saying not by works right like the authors they've gotten very very creative uh, if you want to see a, a direct example of that uh, Herod right in the book of Matthew King Herod uh, he sends out to have all his um, all the children executed trying to trying to get Christ right but uh it says right in Matthew uh, Matthew the first three chapters of Matthew that that Herod King Herod dies right but then King Herod is back later in the book of Matthew what the what what uh theologians what theologians will say is that it's a different Herod oh it's his successor No, it's just the author. The author just mistranslated the verse. No, Herod did not die and then come back to life, right? Herod. (laughs) Uh, uh, An accurate translation is not that Herod died. It's death and darkness surrounded Herod, i.e. King Herod went out and gave a wicked order, a wicked command, right? And there was some backlash. There was some uh, community backlash around Herod and his followers death and darkness surrounded herod and his followers not uh herod died and then he comes back to life and executes john the baptist right uh later in the book of matthew you'll see uh some of us know the 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 execution of john the baptist right well how how did herod die and then command it's a mistranslation it's like a gross mistranslation (sighs) I will say, right, when you're translating 1,350 pages, right, sometimes, right, these teams of translators, one, you've got groupthink, i.e., right, they want it their way, and so they say, hey, that's how it's translated, right, the senior translator says, ah, sorry, guys, or, right, groupthink, where they just go along with it, right, and say, oh, yeah, well, that all the other versions of the Bible say it this way, so that's the way it must be, right, and then, right, you end up producing a nonsensical, right, version of the Bible where Herod's dying and then coming back to life. No. Sorry, guys. Uh, that's, not a, that's not how it is. So, uh, and no, it's not another version of Herod, right? It's, or another another person, king, another king named Herod that happened to be in the exact same vicinity. No. Uh So, let's keep going. For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you'll certainly never enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, this is a pretty interesting one, right? The law and the prophets, can you abolish them? But to fulfill them, sorry, I'm a little lost. All right. So, he's saying, therefore, anyone who teaches... uh, Who edits right who edits the biblical teaches teachings and teaches otherwise will be called least in the kingdom of heaven but then right after that he says for unless your righteousness surpasses the pharisees and the sadducees you will never enter the kingdom of heaven so which is it will you be least or will you be anyways it's it's uh it is you will be called you will be short of the kingdom of heaven i.e he's reaffirming what he's saying instead of presenting differences Right, guys, I think that's enough for the stream for tonight. Don't ever forget how much God loves each and every one of you. Blessings on you all, and have a great rest of your evening.